0: Making the world a better place for cats. This is the Cat Show Podcast.
1: Hosted by the cat mama herself, Melissa Newman.
0: Hello, hello, hello again. Great to be back for another episode of the Cat Show Podcast. We are off to a great start with Jo Reggetti, an animal behaviorist, joining me for this episode. She can be found online at www.pet.com. ProblemsSolved.com.au. But I'll put the links in the podcast page to make it easier for you to find her. Let's get straight into the interview. I'm really excited today to welcome Joe Rigetti from PetProblemsSolved.com.au. Now, Joe, you're a animal behaviourist. Can you tell us a little bit about what animal behaviourists do?
1: Okay well particularly I love to work work with dogs and cats. I mean initially I qualified in zoology so I could actually work with any animal but the majority of my business for the last 20 years has been cats and dogs Um, and I guess a lot of people think of dog problems a lot and and needing solutions there because dog problems tend to affect society. The dog bites someone, it barks, waking everyone up. Cat problems tend tend to be more at home and so sometimes owners don't want to seek help they feel a bit embarrassed that the cat is peeing on their bed or their cat has attacked them and the scratches all down their face so i like to encourage people that you know no problems too big too small or too embarrassing to talk about and we can work towards solving them there's not always a cure but we can work towards reducing unwanted behavior so in a nutshell that's what an animal behaviorist does
0: You did actually mention about peeing on the bed and I suppose that's one of the biggest things that people ask me about is cat toileting and the problems surrounding it. Have you got any tips or tricks or things that people can do to help with um, solving toilet issues?
1: Yeah, I guess solving any behavioural issue, what I'm looking for first of all, is the cause of the problem. Because people present with a symptom their pet's exhibiting. So toileting inappropriately is a symptom, or barking in dogs might be a symptom. Like we might go to the doctor with a sore throat as a symptom. We've got to figure out what's causing that symptom. And so with them Issues, i guess i mean three main causes of toileting problems and it probably increases more if you have a multi-cat household but those three are number one is urinary tract issues which only a vet can tell and you can't tell by looking at your cat if they have a physiological problem you probably need to get urine samples maybe even blood tests done so we always rule that out first before we look at the behavioral causes and the other two are basically litter box issues and stress issues so if we cover litter box issues briefly because it yep. it's can a little bit of trial and error I'm sure you're aware many many people yes. are aware yes. some cats don't like the litter box some cats don't like the litter some cats don't like the litter box's location its shape um, you know it is it beside a noisy place or is it too quiet a place could they be ambushed by another cat a dog or a young child i call that kind of mechanical causes of litter box failures and then thirdly and probably the one that i deal with most of all is stress when cats are stressed they tend to like to put their own scent around them and they can do that by scratching on scratching posts because they've got scent glands in their paws and that deposits scent down and that's usually effective if if it's not a scratching post it would be your furniture of course, but if they don't have access or they prefer it, they'll use t- their toileting, their waste products around the home, and it makes them feel better. It doesn't make us feel better, in fact, we consider it pretty gross. <laughs> Smell a cat pee in the nostrils, it's all too common for cat behaviors and cat lovers. But it is the cat saying, I'm stressed about something. So then we've got to work out what the cause of that stress is and try and de stress our cats, get rid of that stress. Now that might require something like anti anxiety medication, but it always requires behavioural therapy. So gradual introductions to the things that your cat's stressed about. So if they're stressed about, you know, visitors coming over, we'd gradually introduce them to people. If they're stressed about another cat in the household, we could separate them and do some positive introductions. So we're always looking for that cause before we can actually implement a solution.
0: Uh, I I think that's all absolutely spot on, perfect of of, um, of what to do. I often... uh, suggests that when you're a cat owner you tend to be a little bit of a detective as well because cats often come across as quite aloof and um and un- mm. like the, the, there's people that walk into the house and the cats will run off and and yes. people will say oh, you know cats don't like me and it's well maybe it's not that they don't like you maybe it's just that you haven't built a relationship with one so how, how do you find that um, particularly that aloofness that people that are perhaps not cat people, mm. people that are not cat people about um, getting to know cats a little bit better?
1: Yeah, and I think I think it is. I, I think that's worth doing. And I, I find that even non-cat people love to watch cat videos on YouTube. Yes, so, <laughs> so you can just start there by directing people to watch those because they're fun. You know, you do get to see a cat personality in these videos but of course that doesn't represent all cats and it's important that you know especially if your cat is running off hiding from people that you really do work on it so that they're not stressed by people coming in their homes and so that your friends get to know your pets as I'm sure you want them to. So I think it's being like having a cat in a room with someone, but giving them space to get away so they don't feel threatened by an approaching person, by a person even staring at them, which can be quite a threat to a cat. So giving them places to get up high. Now, when I sit, you know, cats do run and hide, so perhaps block off the back of the fridge, stop them from getting under your bed to hide, stop them from escaping out your house. But give them a shelf or a windowsill, a bookcase, something to get up onto. If need be, you can actually put them into a cat carry case as long as that's not going to stress them. And when they're sitting up high, cats feel safe. They feel secure there. They probably feel a little bit superior to us too. I always say that's a cat's prerogative. <laughs> so let them sit up high. Yes. And they're, they're getting to know, safe. If, if they're stressed about a dog or a child or a person or, you know, different music in your home, you can introduce them gradually so that person's at a distance, music at a low volume and so on, or controlling a dog or controlling another cat's movement. But from that high, that safe place up high, they can learn about you know, the other, the the perceived threats, movements, their sounds, their smells. So they're really learning that whole experience. And if you just do that sort of gradually, then the cat's getting to know them. And they're getting to know that this cat is not so aloof as well of course there are cats that when you get too close they like to use their weapons um i might call that another cat prerogative but you know we don't want that yes yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so paws jaws and claws direct them onto toys but you know if could if you can let people see your relationship with your cat, even if it is taking videos, post them on social media, just show them to your friends. You know, that sort of thing, when you have that lovely snuggly relationship with a cat, when all other people are, have gone home, that's what we need people to know about cats, that they actually are really snuggle pets at times. And it does tend to be in their terms, yes. but we know that cat owners love cats. All the research has shown that's one of the reasons that cat owners love cats, it's because of that
0: independent nature. So I think because we've got you, to celebrate yeah. what like. You really do have to have a relationship with a cat. You, you can't make a cat do anything that it doesn't want to. No. It, it, has to be it doesn't to like it. You, it doesn't it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you can work on it differently. So I have three cats. And two of my cats are extremely attached to me. And my third is much more attached to my son's, which is lovely. I think that's lovely. But sometimes I want him to be attached to me too. <laughs> I don't want him to ignore me. And what I've found is that in in the areas that my other two cats love me, like I'm sitting on the sofa doing my work or I'm watching TV or I'm in bed, my, my two snuggle boys are on top of me all around my head, you know, everywhere back, the whole lot they're around me and what I discovered was when I go to other locations like down the bottom of the garden my third cat who's called I have earth wind and wildfire wind (laughs) is the the more aloof one to me but when I you know when I'm in a different location he wants to come to me and he tries to engage me there and it's quite fun to watch him so sometimes I think it's just thinking outside the square you know think take yourself into a different location a different time perhaps of the day work on on that if, if you feel your cat is a bit aloof towards you and it does happen
0: and yeah, it so is really important though to allow the cat to come to you rather than try to force a cat. Yeah, it is. I mean, we can work
1: on things. In that respect, cats and dogs are very similar in the way that we train them or work with them. You know, you find out what motivates that particular animal and you use that to your advantage. So if your cat is food crazy, use the tastiest food. Don't feed him it in his dish. Give it to him by hand and get him to come to you and tie some with this. Or leave it somewhere if you want. If you want him to jump on a table, put it up there and say the command jump. So work with what engages them. It might be toys. It might just be praise and pats. I know, you know, with our cats, we just put our hands out like this and the cat comes and nudges it. They love to do that. And they'll follow this hand everywhere because they've been taught that hand. And There's no treats involved. It's just getting, a, you know, the praise and the pats and the engagement that they love. Yeah. So work with what your cat loves. And that's the sure way to, to their hearts.
0: And if if we really um, look at animals in general, I mean making the world a better place for them, which is one of my catchphrases, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a quest. You kind of you're always looking for a little clue as to mm-hmm. how you can engage better or make them happier or you know, all those little tidbits. Yeah. Is there anything um, that you find that just works in general with cats? Apart like yeah. You've got the food and the pat. Is there? Um, yeah. One of the things I, I tend to find is that routine. cats tend to be very routine driven. Have you found that as well? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, the uh, six o'clock in the morning, breakfast time. <laughs> you, know, you just never get a also chance to sleep as well. <laughs> yes.
0: There must have been a cat memo that went out, I
1: think. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Look, I, th- I say to people, first of all, is you, know, you always look after their, their basic needs of any animal, the food, water, shelter and veterinary care you know, that's the basics and if you have no other time to give you've got to give those and there are points in, t- in life that you know if you've just had a baby or you're stressed or you're working so hard it, that may be all you can do for a, a few days or something but you'll always come back and say well what can I do for my cat next so yeah. then again it's looking what your cat loves do they love playing with you try and spend a few minutes every day playing with your cat do they love to have you know rotate toys around we don't know so much about cats and play but we do know that dogs treat a new to- a toys if it's new if they haven't seen it for about five days so oh. we can do the same with cats who love toys yeah. and think of toys that, you know it doesn't have to be things dangling in a string although most do love that it could be games on your ipad it could be a tunnel that they go through mm-hmm. it could be um you know watching tv some cats love it you yeah. yeah. so, you know think about those sort of things and then the other things that enrich their lives a view from a window. Um, yep. catnip plants some cat grasses inside especially if you keep your cats indoors some won't bother some love catnip if they have a gene for catnip detection they may love it so you could get them some catnip toys mm-hmm. so it's really you know experimenting, just seeing what it is your cat loves providing it little and often as, as often as you can and, and obviously you enjoying that interaction as well but if all your cat wants to do is snuggle on your lap
0: that's okay too if both <laughs> of you enjoy that that's absolutely fine I mean, there are there's quite a variety of different personalities when it comes mm-hmm. to cats. You do have those cats that are just quite happy just to sit near you and watch TV with you. Yeah, and those cats like the Bengals and the Abyssinians are the real high energy ones mm-hmm. that you almost have to treat a little bit like a dog, where they need that regular exercise every day in order to keep them happy. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and, you know, within one, one household, so I have two brothers, earth and winter, tabby, semi-long-haired tabbies, and they're so calm. You'll have their moments outside, but they come and, and we rock, my son's rock earth like a baby, and he just lies there, gets his <laughs> tummy rubbed, and you're like, are you really a cat? <laughs> yeah. And then there's Wildfire, who's a ginger semi-long-haired, and he's a wild boy. And he just, you know, he would be climbing curtains. He's jumping on you. He knocks his brothers off tables. You know, he's just an instigator of trouble. (laughs) And, and, you know, he really needs... And sometimes, and with other cats like this, what I say to people is you really have to step in and you be the source of that cat's fun. Otherwise, they become a little bit of a bully cat. So nobody really enjoys a bully cat. Nice. So you know, it's not wrong for them to have that energy. And we see it just definitely like the Bengals, etc. Um, it's not wrong to have that. We just got to direct it onto appropriate outlets for that energy.
0: I'm you, If you're going to be taking on a particular breed of cat that's high energy, uh, we've got Abyssinians. So we have to make sure mm-hmm. that we... Have a fair bit of energy work with them every day, particularly one of them who's our naughty boy, Derek Bennett. Um, and, and he requires a good half an hour to an hour of playtime in the morning and at night time. And he's very um, uh, structure driven, so he likes to know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. That's just how he is. So you kind of have to work out what they are, are like, but you have to be prepared to, if you're going to take on a cat with those high energy levels, to put that yes. extra I suppose it's a bit like if you're going to get a dog that's like, you know, a, a lot of work that needs to... A working to work. or something, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You really
1: have to. Otherwise, what happens is you're not fulfilling that animal's needs and then you'll get behavioural issues starting and, you know, often you just can't work out why it is. Why is your cat, you know, attacking everyone that comes in the house? Why are they hiding? Why are they doing this and that, you know, or, or even just the stress? Why are they toileting inappropriately? Why are they eating and getting sick? You know, it's just so, yeah. You've you really got any issue you have. Think back, could it be a behavioural thing? How am I satisfying my cat's needs? What could I do that would better satisfy their needs?
0: Hmm. And I suppose, too, we don't always have to go and spend lots of money on toys. I know one of my favourite things to do is whenever I've got some boxes, I actually cut holes in them and make little towers and tunnels and all sorts of things with them, and I'll play with those mm-hmm. for weeks. So and even yep, never throw <laughs> <a PowerPoint> away box <laughs> when you have a cat. Scrunched up um, material <laughs> yeah. can do the same. Um, I know I've got a couple of cats that like to chew crunchy plastic. So those um, those metal balls with the crunchy sort of um, material on them, they'll sit there and chew on them and play with them for ages. And then I've got another cat yeah, that it has, it has it. plastic springs. So
1: yeah 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 exactly you do not need to spend a lot of money of course you can do there's a lot of good quality toys it amazing there, together, isn't it? so you can spend as much as you want to but you don't actually have to spend much at all as you said boxes are a joy to most cats we you know they love to sit in a box of all shapes and sizes put them in different locations you know it, there comes a time you go how long do i have to live with this box in the lounge room but you know <laughs> cat loves it. so just try it for a little while um But, you know, it's it's really working out what your cat loves best. Some cats really, really do enjoy the interaction with people. You know, a dog may play with, with a ball on their own for a while or a chewy toy or something. Cats tend to like their owners to be involved in that play. Yeah. So, you know, get, get, You know, cut holes in the boxes, stick your fingers through there if you dare. Let the cat engage with you. Perhaps perhaps a toy through the the
0: holes in the box, a safer (laughs) option. Those weapons are sharp. What about older um animals? As cats sort of go from that uh younger age to older age, are there particular problems that you find that they tend to have? and look cats can be quite amazing I mean, and
1: as we know they live for many many years you know 12 years used to be average now we're going up 12-14 I said goodbye to my cat new last year he was 20 years old almost 21 wow. um, and so cats live a long age um, and often we don't see many problems but with some we do obviously things that are common in all of us as we age arthritis can become so if you see a cat a little bit stiff in the morning and winter time getting up off a chair and a little bit of stiffness and um, you may See other behavioral signs, These things that become common in all days, something like dementia. So, um, feline cognitive dysfunction, to give it its term, proper terminology. Yeah. And you might see your cat wandering from room to room, almost as if they've forgotten why they came here. I mean, we all do that at times, but you'll see it more often <laughs> in your cats who are aging. Yeah. You know, just walking around, almost like a blank stare, or, or staring up at a wall when nothing's going on. Yeah. Um, and those cats, and you, what you'll also find is they may wake you up at night time. So, you might hear them mournful meows and... Mroll! overnight and often if you just you know reduce down the the space around your home available to them so they're not wandering aimlessly and keep a little light light on that helps calm them down a bit but you know if that is the case then do speak to the vet but generally you know a a regular checkup with your vet is is more you know just what people need to do especially as cat age perhaps even twice a year is a good idea with your vet
0: yeah it's um it, it kind of is the first point of call for just about all behavioral issues isn't it just getting make sure you've got that vet check
1: yeah i always say to people have you had a vet check before i see them I'd, I'd much rather that they rule out any physiological conditions you know brain tumors can cause issues you know urinary tract as we've mentioned before can also cause issues so many physiological issues can underlie behavioral changes so it's yeah. worth investigating those first and i think
0: too when you've got um any animal it's a really good idea to have a good relationship with your vet anyway and have them regularly checked yes
1: definitely and don't be afraid to mention things that you might think oh i don't know whether i should say this or not do it if your cat's a diarrhea if they're coughing up hairballs do it the vet may be able to suggest a better food for you Mm -hmm. for your cat anyway and you know and sometimes vets do hesitate to see uh, to say to people, are there any issues you want to talk about? Because behavioural issues can go on for hours and hours. <laughs> so that, yeah. I guess that's why they get me in and say, "Joe, you talk to them. You've got two hours to spare, haven't you? You can talk to them. Because they've got to see another client in 15 minutes. So yeah. yeah, but but it is worth bringing up because the vet may be able to say, oh, we should do some blood tests or we should see what's going on here before you go to behaviorist. But yeah, yeah there, there's usually something you can do to work towards solving issues.
0: Yeah, even if
1: it's not a complete cure.
0: Yeah, and I know too. Things, just simple things like keeping your flea treatments and worming treatments and things like that up to date is really important as well. Because sometimes they can actually trigger mm. behavioural problems.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and, and behaviour problems in us too. If you start scratching all the time, it's not very pleasant. No,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so it's definitely.
1: Not. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people do like to use natural remedies and so on. But even, our, you know, I work within a holistic vet clinic at times, and they even say, no, you really sometimes have to resort to the hard-hitting stuff. Get your monthly medication. In some cases now, some of the drugs are fantastic. You're putting a collar on that, that lasts for fleas and ticks for eight months now with cats. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the difficulty there is trying to remember to do it. So put yeah. a date in your diary or get one of the apps that tells you, reminds you. Because, you know, if you live, like I live in the eastern seaboard of, you know, Sydney, and we have paralysis ticks, and they're shockers. Yeah. shocker. Yeah. And, you know, you get your cat to the vet and you're talking $5,000 upwards. Yeah.
0: So
1: you want to keep your medications up to date. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the health
0: health. Health it's, mm-hmm. actually, it's quite simple, particularly the ones that you just put the liquid on the back of the neck type thing once a month. And, you know, it, yes, it's a little costly, but it's almost like an insurance policy to make sure Absolutely. that they don't have some of those other problems.
1: Definitely, I would say you know I'd recommend anyone think of it as that exactly It's prevention it's it's looking rather than cure. A cure is awful and it's terrible when you sort of end up saying, "I can't afford to have this cure you know if you have to go your 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 um cat is on a, a machine to keep it alive a ventilator yeah. or something that's so costly, so you want to try and give your animals the best choice, the best preventative measures you, that
0: are available to us, and the medication's there, so let's use it. Yes, exactly. That's right. It's, um, it's just a matter of remembering to keep it up, I suppose, in yeah. today's busy world. Yes, yes, Have definitely. Have you found since COVID that there's more problems with pets because of the fact that they've had their owners at home a lot more and now people yeah. are starting to go back to work? Is there yeah, some issues I around think- anxiety separation?
1: Yeah, there is. And I guess it's probably more common or more commonly observed by dog owners because dogs, when they have anxiety, it's a very outward behavior. They bark more. They're trying to escape out the home or the garden. And so they're just annoying everyone around them. Whereas cats, when they get stressed, they will pee more around your home, but they may also just sleep more. And you know, if your cat already sleeps 75% of the day, the fact that it now sleeps 90% of the day when you're at work, you probably don't even notice. Yeah. So it is worth saying to yourself, could my cat be stressed? And if that's the case, then what I advise people doing is gradual separation from your cat. Don't just suddenly go, okay, you're, I'm with you 24 7 tomorrow, I'm out 12 hours a day. No.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, start doing little separations, go to the bathroom on your own. Go and put the handle on, on your own. If you can, it's
0: actually really hard to go to the bathroom <laughs> on your own when you have it
1: is. Absolutely, I, know. <laughs> I got the cats, the dogs. Fortunately, my kids are old enough not want they don't want to come with me anymore. But they did when they were young. You never got time on your own. <laughs> no, no, I
0: know. Did you go for a bath? <laughs> oh, I
1: know. I used to go for a bathing hell. The cats won't want to come. No, they always want to come and sit around me in the bath. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely. You know separation anxiety can be an issue during COVID times and I think what I've also found is that people are just noticing things about their animals that they hadn't noticed before mm-hmm. so they may say why does my cat just sit and stare at me all day or why are they looking out the window all the time or you know do they really want television this much so there's just little patterns of behavior that because we're at home more we get to notice more which is actually lovely because it does mean we're getting to know our pets even better than we, you know, we used to know
0: them I really like the fact that cats are kind of like Zen masters. I often say it; like they, they tend to contemplate the world quite a lot.
1: Yes, they do. Absolutely. You often, you know, I guess, you know, people ask me to compare cats and dogs and um, I guess with cats, their faces aren't quite as expressive as dogs. So cats have fewer muscles, facial muscles. And so they tend to give that kind of, it's not necessarily a vacant stare, but it's just a stare as if they're just, you know, as Mm -hmm. you said, contemplating life.
0: Yeah. I like to um, say that um, because of the the fact that particularly the the eyebrow muscles that they don't have, it's a bit like uh, people who have Botox. Like they literally <laughs> don't have the ability to show us as much expression as to much their face as they, they can. So we've got to pick yeah. up on all those little ear movements and whiskers. Absolutely. And, and what and they the do have is in
1: the their chest and yeah, they have thirty-two muscles in each ear, and that is amazing. You know, I don't know how many humans have about four or something. So yep. cats have thirty-two, and they can move each, ear, you know, each ear independently of the other. It's all, of course, originally to hone on a little mouse ultrasounds yeah. and pinpoint a mouse burrow and a mouse within it and um, but of course they use that to just figure out what's going on in our homes you know is the fridge door opening is my food in all the cupboard door that's got my food arms through there you yeah. know you might have thought i was asleep but i was actually paying attention so yes if you look closely at your cat they're giving you clues all the time they would they move their whiskers when they're about to attack you you'll see the whiskers come forward and let's you know watch out because the cat may attack look at their body position you know are they sitting with their paws curled under in which case they're relaxing if the paws are out they're ready to hop away if they're upwards like a sort of signal like a turkey kind of stance they also could be sort of one eye open one ear open all the time but if they're relaxed on their sides or flat in the back yeah. then
0: they truly are relaxed
1: and that's a nice position of trust it's not it like it flat on their back
0: It is. Um, Do you find that um, your cats don't like being touched on the belly? Um, well, Earthy Boy, as
1: I said, he loves a belly scratch. In fact, he will turn over immediately start stroking him. He'll be on his back ready for more. Um, while far, I would not have hands left if I tried to do that. <laughs> so at the times, because they're semi-long haired, they do need grooming. And so I have to kind of put something in his mouth while I then groom the parts that I need to groom. And that seems to work, and he accepts that. So you just got to get them at the right time of day. Maybe when he's sleepier, then I can do a couple more more strokes of, of yeah. the brush but you know when he's active and playful i would you know that would just <laughs> remove yeah. on my part to even get anywhere close to him
0: <laughs> we have some cats that absolutely love having their belly rubbed as well yeah. so yeah and, you know, we, it's quite funny because people just when they are here and they see it happen it's like i thought cats didn't like to have their belly rubbed it just goes to show yeah. you cats are all different and they do different. different things and I think as an owner,
1: you get clever at telling how many strokes of that belly or whichever vulnerable part they're giving you. So you may be able to do 10, but on the 11th, all those back legs are up kicking you and they're grabbing you and the teeth go in. So you get to know them. And if you do want to do more of that, then you just kind of increase it one stroke per day. And it may yeah. take a year to get a few more strokes in, but you know, you've got to be patient with cats.
0: Now, cats can also uh, get overwhelmed, can't they? So you could be patting a cat and then all of a sudden it'll just turn on you for no reason. And from what I've read, it's almost like they get overstimulated.
1: Absolutely. And you see it, you know, especially if you start playing with your cat, they can really start, you know, getting overstimulated. They, they you know, you, you think they're enjoying it, but that's really working them up. So it's basically like an energy level. So adrenaline's rising through their body. and When they get to a certain stage, that energy is going to come out. And that may be that they get up and they run away. But all too often with humans is we're going to attack you now. I'm going to show you, not show you who's boss, but show you that I've had enough. And and if I attack you, it's getting you before you can get me. So it makes you back off a little bit, but it's better to withdraw before that stage, so again, look for the ears flattening, look for the whiskers moving forward, look for the cat really starting to squirm a little bit and back off before that and If you have children at home, it's really important that you teach them that too, especially young children, or maybe an elderly person who's you know whose skin may be more soft and vulnerable, yes. you know, take care with those those people because they can get quite badly hurt with cats,
0: yes, those little murder mittens. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Pause, jaws, and claws to avoid. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. The, um, the overwhelm, I think, is something that a lot of people don't actually realise that you can just, like, it's that overstimulation of yes, it feels good, and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel good anymore. It's a bit like if somebody rubs your hand and you feel it feels nice. If they keep doing it for too long, it starts yeah. to irritate you. It can
1: you. get painful. It can get annoying, yeah. So you, you've really got to look at body language. And with behaviours, I always say to people, it's dynamic. It's always changing. It's not a static thing. So your cat may love you when you first touch it, but if you continue, she said then they just want to get out of that situation. So we're always looking for clues as to how they're feeling. So it comes back to that detective
0: thing again, doesn't it? Looking for those clues. Absolutely. Looking at body
1: language, looking at postures, gestures. Because they can only show us like a cat can, you know? We, We read human body language well. We've got to learn to read cat body language too.
0: Yeah. And the cat body language does take a little bit of learning
1: yeah but that's part of the fun of wanting a
0: cat exactly <laughs> it's a bit like um working out a rubik's cube it's kind of you just get one <laughs> yes. bit sorted and then you try and do the next bit
1: <laughs> yeah and if you're anywhere like me you just keep on learning but you never actually get it complete and that, yes, that's the way exactly. i think you're, you're never going to learn everything in fact even as, as i'm a scientist i love like evidence-driven you know research yeah, me too. Um, yeah. but we don't, there's a lot we don't know so yes. you know we've still got a lot Learn about cats, which is fabulous. You know, I love learning, so I always try and keep up to date with all the scientific literature and pass it on to people who are interested. Absolutely. I even pass it on to people who aren't interested. But even when I, when I do a talk about dogs, I, I still tell people of dog owners about cats. You know, I think it's important everyone learn about cats and how wonderful they are.
0: Yeah, well, I cannot agree more than that. That's you know, a, a majorly important message that the entire world should hear for sure yes yes have you got any um tips or tricks to just in general make cats lives better yeah Look, as I said looking after their needs giving
1: them a little bit you know extra every time you have the time money or energy um so you know that catnip plant that you grow or you know an extra an extra toy that you've made a bit of time with you you know thinking about I love one that I love and not everybody loves his suggestion thinking about getting another cat <laughs> because you know, if you introduce them carefully, cats, they may not be best friends, but they generally get along quite well together and a multi-cat mm-hmm. household can be a joy to be part of yeah so that's something i'd say to people if you're having a great relationship with your cat why not consider another one or if you're going to adopt a cat why not consider a bonded pair or even if you're going to adopt a you know buy a kitten adopt a kitten think about two at once because they will keep each other company
0: and you can absolutely
1: We always say with dogs, it's perhaps easier to get one at a time because the dog then bonds to you, whereas if you get two puppies, they'll bond to each other, probably at the owner's expense. Mm -hmm. With cats, it's easy. They will bond to each other, but cats like to be independent of one another too, so they will each bond with you, so... You know, an extra cat
0: never hurt a household, did it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, an extra cat never hurts
0: the household. I'm absolutely 100% sure of that.
1: <laughs> Although yeah, I, I sometimes yeah. disagree
0: with me. but uh...
1: Well, yes, I know. I usually have four cats, but as of losing mine last year, now we're Aww. down to three and it seems quite quiet. But, you know, I think three three's enough for us right now. Yeah
0: absolutely we um we currently have nine but we've got three breeding cats so um they're sort of treated a little bit differently to everybody else um but in general um the rest Mm -hmm. of the cats get along pretty well we've got one very naughty abyssinian like i said he's eric bennett's kind of the terror Mm -hmm. of the household and he we have to treat him like the toddler of the household he just wants everything all the time and take over And a couple of our older girls, a couple of old domestics, they're sort of 12, to one's 12, one's nine. And they tend to stay out of his way, but he goes to bed at night because otherwise he does terrorise the house. So he actually has a little room that he goes to at night and he gets fed and he's quite happy with that. So um then the rest yeah. of the get yeah. to get some sleep and the rest of the domestics get to sleep on my bed and get some cuddle time and all that sort of thing. It sounds so, like you but it worked out well. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully I um, I have a friend who has a cat boarding facility and um, the it's an open facility. So once cats get settled and they've been there for a little while, uh, they're actually allowed to um, hang out with each other and it's really interesting watching the relationships that develop there are some cats that sort of come in every Christmas holidays for a week and they actually become friends it's and as soon as they get back next year they're friends again it's It's nice, isn't it?
1: Those relationships. Even in the wild, you know, i know we don't have wild cats now, but the cats in the wild would be out hunting solitary on their own. But then they come back to a social group, especially the the girls, you know, help rear each other's kittens. The boys as they become teenagers will tend to be ousted from the family group and may go yep. off on their own for a while. And that's exactly what you're doing with your <laughs> your teenage terror. You know, you're just giving him a bit of alone time until he's ready that's to right. be with he's a crowd always, and be yep.
0: see. <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, looking, um, looking at wildcat behaviour can teach us a little bit about cats, but yeah. you know... If- have domesticated them for quite a while now so
0: they are learning to live with us and us with them of course yes i, I do sometimes wonder who it was that actually domesticated them whether it was them deciding to come and live with us or us mm. deciding to allow them to live with yeah. us or because um kind constant seems to be fairly mutually um beneficial uh, yeah absolutely
1: and it, I think even in the beginning perhaps they say well the theory goes that it was because we had stores of grain and um, vermin mice and rat pests were getting in there and so cats came along to catch them and get their dinner and that suited it does and they when you've got them they inevitably they've had young and of course humans love to nurture and so we take yes. the those young they become our, our pets as such and you know i think probably that's a, a good theory as to why things happened and there's probably a lot of other things along the way and just the, the sheer beauty and intelligence of cats and the joy that we get from watching them of course
0: plays a big part yeah. so um who knows I'm why talking, we, live with them. we enjoy yeah, it yeah you were talking before about scientific studies and i think one of the the most interesting scientific studies i find is that the Frequency that they purr at actually heals their bones and heal, can heal, you know, help humans to yeah. heal as
1: well. And, and purring is such a funny behaviour because it's only carried out by small cats. There's nothing else that really purrs like that. Even the larger cats don't. Yeah, um, so and, and nobody really knew what it was. And, and people used to say oh, it's just because your cat's happy, but it's not. Purring no. doesn't occur purr just when they're happy. Mm. It cr- they're in pain it occurs when they're giving birth at times it occurs when they're dying um, and so it seems that it's like a almost a self-soothing mechanism and yep. you know it's that, it's a mixture of the diaphragm moving and the vocal cords with air going over them i can't explain it technically but it's you know it's quite a sophisticated mechanism that happens in cats yep. and each is unique you know, yes. so no two purrs are the same as some cats barely purr and others are oh, like, my wife, he is a purring engine. You cannot mm-hmm. sleep purring. It's so loud. <laughs> um, but I think what it also has done, perhaps because we've evolved with them for about 4,000 years, is it also soothes us. Yes. So they lie on us or near us and they purr and it makes us feel relaxed. Like- we're thinking our cats are happy next to us maybe even that vibration affecting us whatever is the tuning into them going off to sleep makes us feel happy too so mm. you know,
0: it is a big situation well there's even a um, scientific study that um, put a pairing cat near people who had migraines and they said that it reduced the severity and time that the migraine stayed so like it's yeah. it's quite interesting some of these scientific studies that are around the place so absolutely
1: and I think, you know as we know the last 10 years or so we've learned so much more about dogs and their beneficial effects on us there's less studies going on cats but I'd like to think there are more nowadays and the more we do the more we're going to find out and, and yeah there may be some disadvantages to living with cats but in general there are a lot of benefits to humans yeah. living with a companion animal
0: absolutely oh, and it really surprises me how cats can pick up on a mood and I've got grandkids that come and some that just, they just need somebody to sit with them and that's what they do. They'll just go and sit quietly next to them and, and just as a companion, they're great. Absolutely. And they would mix up therapy cats, take them into aged
1: care and hospitals yes. and so on, but it's, it's less common than with dogs. So, yeah, actually. We do not, have, yeah, it's definitely yeah. not career for every cat.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. You need to have the right type of cat for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do know in Adelaide we actually have a psychiatry and psychologists that have a cat room. Um, and their cats. There's three of them, and they go home with each of the staff members every night. So they go to work and and hang out together through the day. And they are actually all from the same family, which is great. And then they go home with their individual owners, and and they're part of the family. So when well, you
1: look at the the number of cat cafes around the world that have sprung up okay they're not giving psychological help at least not officially documented psychological help but i do believe they are you know inadvertently giving a lot of psychological social support to people i, I, made, so. it, I made it to try and go to as many cat cafes around the world as possible of course not in the last 12 months but yes. <laughs> but to see and look at all the differences between them and what people do and what works and what could be done better. And it's fabulous, fascinating, and how those cats can get along
0: together. Yes. So cats can be very, very social, and, and many of those cats enjoy them. Oh, country. yeah, absolutely. And it always surprises me um, at the category that my friend has that these cats that are, come from all different homes and all different you know types of owners and all that sort of thing, they all have their, their particular ways about them. But when they come into the category, it's a neutral territory and they all just seem to get along. They know that it's a neutral territory and they know. And any of the alpha ones that try to take over end up back in their room and they sort of have to think about it for a day. But it does make them realize that, okay, I'm out. This is the rules here is that there's no territory. And we just hang out and it's all fun.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. You know, you're, just, you're adapting to your cat's behavioural changes. You're making sure their needs are, are catered for. And then, you know, you know, if somebody's stressed, you'd work on that. But otherwise, yes. let them get along. Let them do the cat things. Yes. They will work yes. things out themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, on that note, I think we've probably covered as much as we can on some behavioural issues today. Jo, thank you so much for joining me. I've really appreciated your time. It would be lovely to chat to you, Melissa. Thank you so much, Jo, for sharing. Sometimes you just have to get an expert in to help you work out and discover solutions to behavioural issues. I also want to thank Ozpet Litter and CatPad Enclosures for their ongoing support to keep the lights on at the CatPad and the food bowls full. Your ongoing support is very much appreciated. If you would like to support me, you can share my content and help me spread the word about responsible cat ownership. You can also purchase my merchandise or become a Patreon member and links for both of those are on the Cat Mama website. If you'd like to email me, you can get me on meow at au. Feedback is always appreciated and if you've got any cat questions, send them there. Until next time... Keep helping me make the world a better place for all cats.